Welcome to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike along with author Rick Salcedo. And this is a podcast where we look at the scripture and how it applies to us through our life and be able to take lessons out of the Bible and make it applicable uh, in our daily living. And uh, today we're going to start a new series that uh, actually Brother Rick here had come up with. Uh, and he's taught extensively on this in the past. So I'm really looking forward to it. But it's, it's based on the book of Job. And, and uh, Rick, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be getting into. Okay, I think Job is probably the most, next to the book of Revelation, is probably the most confusing and misunderstood book in the Bible. I would agree with that. And I think the reason is from generation to generation, from culture to culture, we have different, uh, from time periods to time periods, we have different perceptions of language and communication. Mm -hmm. So I think over the, the, the decades and centuries and from it being written in one language, translated into another language, I think some clarity has been lost. Right. So there's about maybe half a dozen verses in the book of Job that in modern American perception of English, mm-hmm. we get confused and we get the wrong idea. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's kind of, uh, because the book of Job really bothered me for decades. Right. I'm like, how could a loving God that loves me more than I could ever comprehend mm-hmm. who who sent his son to die for me you know give satan permission to destroy me right <laughs> you know i just could that just the two just seemed like mutually exclusive yeah and it just bothered me and then when when the uh lord put it on my heart to to study job and do a series on it uh, the holy spirit opened up my eyes to the fact that there's a lot of misunderstanding and misperception and so we're gonna we're gonna cover all that in uh, in this series. Well, we're, we're going to cover the first chapter or so of Job <laughs> <laughs> for in today. This yeah, 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 for today. Yeah, but we're going to cover through the whole book, though. By the time we're done with this, we ought to have a good understanding of what the book of Job is actually trying to mm-hmm. to, to teach us, right? And yeah. Show us. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, let's get started then, Rick. Okay. Um, I want to start off actually in James chapter five, verse eleven, and it says, "Indeed, we count them blessed who endure." You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, I want to emphasize, it says the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So the book of Job illustrates God's compassion and mercy. Yeah. But the way it's commonly understood and perceived, no, it looks like God threw Job under the bus you know, God pointed him out to Satan and said, go, you know, go torture and torment him. Yeah. So how is, how could that be compassionate and merciful? Yeah. You know, so, so there again is, is a conflict mm-hmm. that confuse, you know, creates confusion. But we, we need to use James and we need to use John 10, 10 as our key right. to the book of Job. So number one, the book of Job illustrates that God is compassionate and merciful. So, so if it appears that God is anything but that mm-hmm. in the book of Job, we're probably misunderstanding it. Yeah. And then John ten ten says that uh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So in the book of Job, wherever there's the giving of life and abundance, we know that it's at the hand of God. Right. If there's any killing, stealing, or destroying going on, we know it's at the hand of Satan. Right. Okay, so if we use those two verses as a, as a key to unlock the mystery of Job, 
the book becomes more clear to us. Yeah, and it's all about perception. Have you ever seen one of those things like on Facebook where it's the picture, but it actually is like, uh, it, depending on how you look at the picture, mm-hmm. it's different, right? Yeah. So if you're looking at it from one perspective and one view, it may give you this uh, thing of an old woman's face. Right, yeah. And then if you turn and look at maybe, you know, from a different direction, it flips and it's a beautiful princess or something yeah. like that, right? Well, it's the same kind of thing. It's the information that we have that, mm-hmm. that, that opens our eyes to that to be able to see it for what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, and and um we have to remember the King James Bible was translated what 400 500 years ago. Right. Yep. And they and it was written in old English. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they perceived the English language differently than we do now. Mm-hmm. So the words back then had a different understanding. Mm-hmm. But we apply our current modern American English perception of the English language to it and it creates a lot of confusion. Yeah, and if you get back into, you know, you actually look at the 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 root Hebrew words and look right. at the meaning of the Hebrew words as it translated then over to English at that time, that's where you see some of that loss, which yeah. is one of the reasons why we have so many translations out there today. Right. Um, is because of us, that simple fact that it is an ever-changing language for us as far as mm-hmm. the interpretation of what a word means right. You know, to that. If you were to look up nice now, it doesn't mean the same as it did 20 years right. ago. Right. Well, you know, the word cherry when I was growing up, Right. Meant, you know, a little, a little piece of fruit you put on top of your banana split. Right. 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 But in the nineties, it meant like neat or cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Awesome. That car is cherry or like mint, yeah. mint condition, you know, you know? new. Yep. That's exactly. And the first well. time I heard a, a young person say that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And somehow <laughs> when I was in high school, rad came out and I don't even yeah. know where that, that word came from. Radical, I guess, yeah, you know, radical. the short for radical. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway, all right, moving yeah, on. You're talking right. my language, there, yeah. Southern, Southern California. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll break out some surfing terms here before it's all over with. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we want to start off um, Job chapter 1, verse 1, and it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Okay, so we know in Romans 3, verse 23, it says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. So how can Job be blameless? Okay, so see, here's one of those perception issues I was talking about. Mm-hmm. What, it, what it's saying when Job was blameless is he tried to live a blameless life. If he messed up, he confessed it to the Lord, offered a burnt offering for right. atonement. So he tried to correct his wrongs, so he was constantly in a state of of repentance, repentance, yeah. and and right standing before God. Right. Um, you know, obviously he messed up like we messed up, mm-hmm. but you know, like David, David yeah. had was a man after God's own heart. Right. He confessed and repented mm-hmm. often yes. in his life, and, and so Job was much the same way. So that's what it means by blameless and upright. And, you know, to the, to the extent of his knowledge of God, Job earnestly tried to obey God. Right. And please God. Yep. And so that's what that means. And we have to remember, see, Job didn't have, Job lived about the same time as Abraham did. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right. To guide him. Yep. All right. So he probably knew about, uh, Adam and, you know, the creation story. Right. Adam and Eve fall in the garden. The, the great heroes of old between Adam and Noah mm-hmm. the, and, the, and Noah and the flood. So that was probably his extent of, you know, the knowledge of uh, human history interacting with God. Right. Okay. So that's where he's coming from. But to the extent of his knowledge of God, he tried to earnestly obey him. So he was considered blameless and upright. Okay. 
And uh, moving along in verse 2, it says, and, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons, well, let me stop there. Okay, so Job lived kind of, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, modern-day Iraq, Iran area. So in that region of the world, he was the wealthiest, greatest man. Right. Yeah, lots of assets that we just read there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and a large household with it too. So yeah. yeah. Well, it says he was the greatest of all of them there. Yeah. Or in the, in the, in, in that, that region. region. Yeah, yeah. Of the world there. Yeah. Okay. In verse four, it says, and his sons would go and feast on, in their houses, each on the appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So I find this interesting. So Job had 10, uh, 10 children, mm-hmm. seven sons, three daughters, and they liked to party. So it says here, they ate and drank and partied. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that is the kingdom of the world. Right. Okay. So his children weren't God, godly like him. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were in the world. Um, Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right. So Job sought to live in the kingdom of God because it says he was blameless and, and upright. So he, you know, he's trying to be righteous. His children were eating and drinking and partying. So they were a, a kingdom of the world. Yeah. And you notice that the, the sons, when they threw a big party at their house, they only invited the sisters. They didn't invite Job. Right. You know, they didn't want Job around because it'd be like, oh, you know, dad's just going to come and rain on our parade and he's going to tell us, well, we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that. And it's not wise to, you know, say that and do this and the other. We, you know, we love dad, but we just don't want him around. Yeah. You know, and, and as a as a Christian, you know, we're different than the world. That's right. You know, so sometimes we're going to be shunned and, and you know, often we may be shunned by the world and, and left out. It's something how this story still resonates even today, all these hundreds of years later here. You're talking about um, children rebelling against their parents' beliefs as well. We see this today. Yeah. I mean, this is today. happening right now, right Ever now. Ever since the 60s. That's exactly right. I yeah. mean, here, here it is. And, and you got, you got parents who are, are trying to raise, you know, godly children in, in an ungodly time, mm. you know, and then children are, are constantly, you know, the world is distractful. It's, it's shiny. It's, uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's, it appeals to the flesh. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they grew up wealthy. So they had a right. lot of material things right. to draw them away from God. Which, you know, and also with that came a lot of ungodly people looking to them, you know, with <laughs> bad influences or, mm-hmm. or easily attained with people who have money. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause that everybody flocks to them, right? So, yeah. but, uh, but it is, it's something to see how that correlates even to today's. You know, household structure uh, and a lot of homes and a lot yeah. of homes. So yeah, and um, also I find it interesting. Uh, this is my perception of the Book of Job that Job sought to to live in the kingdom of God, and he he did a good job trying to obtain righteousness. But I don't think at this point in his life he had peace or joy. So he didn't he didn't fully enter into the kingdom of God. He did at the end of the book, right? Which which I think this is the whole reason of the book of Job, the whole moral of the story, is Job lacked peace and and joy, and we'll get into why here in a I'm minute. About to say, yeah, I think we're going to explore some of that here as yeah. we're going along. Yeah, but at the end of the book, he had righteousness, peace, and joy. Right. Um, because he grew through the trials and tribulations. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, let's see. Job, so verse 5, it says, So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Yeah. So regularly Job worried about his kids. Right. Okay. I think Job's nature was one of being a worrier, not warrior. Right. He worried a lot. And I think that's why he lacked that peace and joy. You know, and that's a good, that's a good lesson for parents to take of hold of now too. So if we're looking at this in today's, you know, context where we've got those who were maybe raised in church and a lot of parents are in this position. They've raised their families, raised their children in church and their children have then rebelled against church and went out. Right? They're worried about where are they standing in the eyes of God. And, and, and we can relate to Job in this. I think a lot of people can in this yeah. aspect, you know? Yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying don't be concerned about the salvation of your kids. Right. I mean, it's good that Job stood in the gap. Right. For, the lost. But what's not good about that, Rick? Um, worrying. Worrying. Yeah. You know why? Because the worry then takes away the joy piece yeah. of it and the, yeah. and, and also the peace, you know, yeah. that you have. And I don't have the exact location of this verse, but it says, you know, be anxious for nothing. That's right. But in all things pray. That's right. Okay. So that's, you know, Joe prayed, but he worried. Yeah. So he kind of, he did both of those things. He shouldn't have worried. And I think that worry leads to something else, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It does. And we'll cover that here in a little bit. Yeah. 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 I'm excited so, about that. So we're kind of seeing the character and nature of Job unfold here. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to please God, but he worried a lot. Yeah. You know, so he's, a, he was a flawed person just like you or me. Yep. Well, that's a good, that's a good recap then, or right there, or, or description of what Job, or who Job was. Yeah. And, uh, how we got started here in the book of Job. Uh, so we kind of lays yeah. out, but, but Rick, I think that's close to about all the yeah. time that we have for today. Yeah, because verse six, it jumps to a different scene of, of heaven. Okay. And if you want to find out all about that, then you'll just have to join us next time. But until then, uh, prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>